Yo, yo, what's up guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Tim Connor here, golf coach, golf academy owner. My job all day long is to help people with their golf learning curve. And this podcast is my platform to kind of pass along the things I get to learn in my day to day, my week to week, my month to month, my year to year. I've been doing this for a really long time and I just really want to pass along the things I learn. So that's what this is. This is chasing your best. I call it that because I want you chasing your best. Golf is a game you're going to play for a long time, and if you work the right direction over the course of time, you can get to wherever you want to be. But it starts with a plan. It starts by working smart. Plan your work and work your plan. All right, before we hop into today's topic, which I'm super pumped for, I want you all to stop what you're doing and leave this podcast a review. And if you do and send me a screenshot, I'm going to enter you in a giveaway to be... Email me your screenshot and you're entered to get a swing analysis from me at the end of this month. I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give away three of them because I want to put my money where my mouth is and grow this podcast, reach more people, help more golfers, and spread the good work. That hard work does pay off if you do it right. But beating balls at the range doesn't pay off if you're not working smart. There's a difference, and that difference I want you to understand. All right, so this is a continuation of a little mini series here. We're gonna talk about par five strategy. Par five strategy for the golf course. This was a user generated idea. One of you listeners shot me an email and said, hey, why don't you talk about par three, par four, par five strategy? And when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, that's great. That'll make one great podcast. But after we've been rolling into it, it's turned into three podcasts. And I think that's pretty cool. So par fives, especially, is probably the deepest rabbit hole of par threes, par fours, par fives. So we kind of save the best for last in a way. Par five strategy, let's break it down. Now, here, let me stress this to you to start off a par five. Being able to drive the ball well is a weapon on a par five. That means two things. Number one, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit a fairway, but you need to know you're going to present yourself another shot at the green. So accuracy is number one. You don't need to hit a perfect, but you need to be close enough to the fairway that you're going to have a shot at the green or whatever your next approach is. Number two, speed, baby. This is where speed really pays off. If you can have some version of speed and accuracy and you can hit it 300 yards versus 280 or 280 versus 260, all of a sudden we're opening up additional options on these par fives. So what I want you to take out of that is don't be afraid of speed. Speed should be some part of the pie that you train, meaning that you should spend some amount of your time training speed. And I think that a lot of players don't do that because they're afraid of the results. They're afraid they're going to hit it poorly. And you need to train speed to have speed. Don't forget that. So speed is speed as a weapon here is something that we want to train and have. Hit it as far as you possibly can with reasonable accuracy. And we've started off our par five with some success. So I want to break down a generic par five for you first. We're going to say it's a 450 yard par five with a dog leg left and water down the left side, bunker on the left side of the green. Pin is in the center of the green. Okay. Now off the tee, we want our strategy to be to keep it over the short grass as long as possible. And if we get closer to the dog leg, we're cutting off some length of the hole. So what I want you to take from that is not to take it close to the water because you're going to cut off some length, but I want you to be able to shape that golf ball to the left ideally. And if we're to work it, we're going to work it more to the left than to the right. Now that sounds a little incomplete. 
basically I want you to hit a draw off the tee. And if you push it out to the right, that's cool. If you draw it and draw it towards the water, you're setting up with a aiming point that's not going to put you in the water. That's very important here. But if you do draw it, you're on the left side of the fairway with the shortest possible approach to the drain, to the green. If you do push it, now you have a longer approach, but you're safe. I don't want you incurring penalty strokes ever. Aim strategy is a big part of course management and being able to translate course management into shooting lower scores. Also, you need to have a one-way one miss. I've talked a lot about this on this podcast. I'm not going to beat on that today, but I want you to understand that course management is nearly impossible if you don't have a one-way miss. So we hit a draw. Let's say we push it to the right, and it's a 450-yard hole. We hit our ball 250. Now we have 200 yards left. Water's left, remember. Green is left, remember. Pin is in the center. Now from 200 yards, you can weigh the option, should I go for it, should I not? Most people are going to go for it from 200 yards, but a lot of it can depend on your lie as well. Where this could change is like, let's say now it's at 250 yards. Now we got to really weigh our options. Are we a good enough ball striker to confidently hit it up there without incurring a penalty stroke? That's something I want you to, it's, it's all about risk versus reward and liability. What is the liability of your shot choice? Okay, but from 200 yards, let's play it in from there. Pin is in the middle of the green, water's left, bunker's left. Where is our miss? Our miss is slightly right, and because the pin is in the middle of the green, chances are our miss is slightly short because most greens are sloped from back to front. Now, a little nugget that from the previous ones that I want you to understand is if you know where the pin location is, or if you studied it, or you scouted it, you have a one-up, or if you know the green. So for example, if we know the green slopes from back to front, we know that our miss is slightly short. We know that our trouble is left, so what do we wanna do? We wanna play the club that if we hit it just perfectly, we're gonna get there. But if we don't hit it perfectly, we're gonna come up a little bit short, and that's okay because now we're missing in a good position. As I sp stated earlier, we wanna have a one-way miss, right? So same aim strategy here. If we push it, that's okay. If we hit more of a draw, that's okay. We're on the green or the left side of the green, but we're never going to incur a penalty stroke if we have good course management and a one-way miss. I shouldn't say never because everyone's gonna make a loose swing, but we're gonna minimize the amount of times we're gonna incur a penalty stroke. So that first par five, that was pretty bland. That was pretty vanilla. There wasn't too much strategy there, but there's definitely some things you can take away from that discussion as to how you should approach the hole, where you should play to, and how your course management strategy should help you out. Now let's take this next par five and it's gonna get a little dicier, okay? So we're gonna have a 525 yard par five. We're going to have a tree in the middle of the fairway, 100 yards out from the hole, or 50 yards out from the hole. So like a classic tour hole where there's the occasional tree that's in the middle of the fairway, so it's kind of annoying. All right, so it's a dogleg right, there's trees right, trees left, but there's not any hazards. The only object that we have to navigate around is the tree in the middle of the fairway, and then we're gonna have bunkers on both sides of the greens and the pin in the back center. So off the tee, because we don't have trouble right or trouble left, we want to hug the right side of the fairway because we're trying to cut yardage off. So depending on your shot shape, you wanna play it over the short grass for as long as period of possible. We definitely wanna hit our drive relatively straight, generally speaking. We should never have more than 20, 30 yards of curve, unless you're Bubba Watson and you just wanna play a more exciting style of golf, that's okay too. But off the tee, let's bomb it down the right side as far as we can. 
Let's say we hit a 275 yard drive. Now we have some thoughts, now we have some options. We're 250 yards on the right side of the fairway, we hit it where we wanted. And after we hit it where we wanted, now we have to navigate our way around this tree. The tree's tall, but we gotta work our way around it. So what is the option here? Should we A, curve it around the tree because we're confident in that shot and we're confident that we can get through it about 250 yards? Or should we B, lay up to one side of the tree and give ourselves a great approach on the next shot. Now, I'm not going to say that there's a right or wrong answer either way here. I think you could, you could play either way. But I'm going to say that generally speaking, the liability of working a three wood around the tree for most is very unlikely. So my preferred choice for most of you would be to play to a yardage next to the tree that you're comfortable with. For most of you, 100 yards should be a good shot. Let's play to that yardage. So we're gonna hit 150 yard shot, which is whatever club you choose to hit at 150 yards. Because the pin is in the back center, we could go to the left or to the right of the tree, depending on whatever you're more comfortable with or whatever got you a better angle. Let's say for our purpose, the right side gets us a better angle. So we hit a nine iron 150 yards, and now we're well positioned on the right side of the tree from 100 yards and the pin is in the back center. From that point, 100 yards, what is the play? Well, the play is our 100 yard club, but we don't wanna hit it 105 because the pin is in the back. If we hit it anywhere, we wanna hit it slightly short. We wanna play up to 100, not past it. So you select the club that's gonna give you the best odds of doing so. Let's call it a sand wedge. And yeah, we're gonna play up there and hopefully gives ourselves a birdie opportunity. If we don't make that birdie, we're gonna move on with a par. Now a par is a good score, and 18 pars is a wonderful score. But I wanna reverse that scenario because what a lot of people would do is choose that three wood. They're gonna choose that three wood and maybe one time out of 10, they're gonna hit that hero shot. But let's take the nine times out of 10 and talk about what might happen. So option one, we might hit that tree and get deflected to somewhere goofy. That's possible. Option two, we don't execute the shot and then we've sprayed it either right or left of the tree and we're in the tree line and we've again lost a shot. Option three, we hit the tree and we get a good bounce. That's very unlikely. So all of these things can happen if you make a bad decision. Now, it could be situational as well depending on the type of format you're playing. If you're playing match play and you need to press, you gotta do what you gotta do. But even if I was playing match play in that situation, your best odds at making a birdie are most likely from the layup to the next shot from there. All right, you guys, so to break it down, what you really wanna always do is reverse engineer the hole with the end in mind. What's the best way to approach that hole? And then what is the risk versus liability of your choices? There's a lot of ways to cut up a golf course. You can work your way around it multiple ways. The, what the best players are doing is they're consistently making better choices after better choices, and those things stack up to lower scores. When we start talking about going from a low handicap to an even lower handicap, that can be as much as one decision per round, one penalty stroke per round, one three putt per round, one drive in the tree line per round. If you take two strokes off of a four handicap, you've reduced your handicap 50%. That's substantial. And it takes all of these little things that add up and compound. All of this work that we've done is adding up and compounding. All right? Now, things to take away from this series. If you don't have a one-way miss, you need a one-way miss to play course management. Course management and strategy actually becomes a very important part of the game as you progress into your learning curve. 
and it's fun. Like there's a lot of ways to do it. It's like chess. There's a lot of different ways you could play the game. And that's where course management strategy becomes fun. But if you don't have a one-way miss or a predictable ball flight yet, that is the first hurdle you need to cross. Anyway, y'all, I hope you appreciated this little course strategy series. If you'd like to do something similar or have any questions that you want to stack onto this, send them to me via email. I like hearing from y'all. I like hearing what's on your mind, the things that are burning in the back of your brain. And remember to leave this a review. Send me a screenshot to my email. It's My email is listed down in the link description below. And uh, I will catch you back here same time, same place next week.